India Charts the truth about the markets India Charts publishes Nifty Daily daily video updates the weekly Elliott Wave outlook and the long shot report covering all asset classes Hi everyone this is the 3rd of March 2021 this is Rohit Srivastava founder of India Charts looking ahead at what the markets are likely to do in the coming days and weeks and how to discount all the news and information that you've been bombarded with over the last 10 days because it's been some of the most volatile moves and in interim through that period i've also been traveling uh, some of you would already know uh, to bhopal and back and in the process uh, ended up getting my first trip since the lockdown on an airline everything seems to be pretty much normal when you actually travel apart from the gear that you're really wearing uh, you i thought that you know even seating arrangements would be different but people are sitting next to each other and uh, the only precautionary measure is that uh, you're wearing some gear well fortunately uh, traveling with family we were the three people only in our seats who were next to each other as far as uh, any uh, risks from you know others are concerned but of course uh, you're in a cabin with many many people and flights completely booked uh, is what i noted and so everybody is back to you know moving around and uh, no long queues and no hassles and you learn a couple of things uh, along the way as i was traveling uh, with my brother in law who's also a scientist with icmr and has been you know publicly speaking about the covid crisis and i've mentioned him a couple of times before and things i learned like for example i thought the virus probably stays around for a couple of hours on you know any platform or clothes or in uh, in the on surfaces and i came to know it's actually you know research keeps changing and it actually doesn't stay around for you know i mean doesn't live beyond maybe an hour in most cases and so uh, risks from you know many many things that we perceive as a risk are actually much lower based on different research outcomes uh, but these data points are continuously changing based on uh, what they study uh, but you uh, you know learn a couple of things about how careful you need to be and also how you don't have to you know over panic about a lot of things around you because if you're uh, safely at a distance then you're not really going to be hit because you are you know at the risk of contracting uh, the virus unless you are in touch with somebody who's you know positive or uh, you know a carrier so all you need to do is you know keep your safety measures on and mostly you should be good to go so that's i think uh, the net feeling uh, that i got apart from that life seems to be getting back to normal everywhere few places of course uh, are less frequented i mean i found couple of uh, you know eat eat outs uh, there which we had frequented before would always be packed was almost empty uh, and uh, hotels would probably have uh, slightly lesser occupancy than peak and so some of their restaurants if they had four of them running at a time they would probably have one running at the time so that's definitely been noted but on flights like i said they were running packed so that's my observation but coming back to the financial market so while i was there we had the most volatile period typically when i am away markets are sort of calm or they even trend higher but this time it was like a big sell off on monday then it you know bounce made a base and bounced back into expiration and then again you had the big one day sell off on friday you know finally making the bottom so all those up and down gyrations the only way you get around is uh, the way you are positioned so that was the first lesson i could actually put out is Well, uh, once you'd reached a certain target, like you had this big rally post budget, my sense was that you know the Nifty would move uh, more slowly, 
and you would probably do stock specific or sector specific moves and accordingly we changed our trading positions of course investment positions you don't touch unless you change your view on the long term outlook of the market which we haven't done but uh, as far as our trading view is concerned uh, i made a shift away from the index which definitely helped because despite all that volatility in the indices you saw new highs continuing in either the metals or psu stocks which ended up you know doing much better and really not harming in any way but you can't always get that lucky sometimes uh, like you had in january the sell off pre budget you can damage everything and you have to deal with that in a very different way where you need to be able to get out and re enter uh, and you know take some loss at the same time re enter and make it back uh, from from the lower price point where you think uh, the worst is done so a lot depends on your view really going right and as i continue to share views and uh, a lot has been focused i think in the last week or 10 days around more than the dollar bond yields uh, while the two are very much correlated to each other the question i've got so often in fact on uh, so, uh, social media and a few on my own blog as well is countering you know what if this level breaks you know what if that happens and uh, the way i try to think about it is if you're really taking an opinion you know uh, the opposite is always possible so if i say oh this is going to go down from here then then if the question is oh but what if it goes above, above this level of yours well that the counter is always possible the opposite is always possible but you have an underlying bias based on the studies that you have done and even if that level is surpassed you'd go to the next level from where your larger higher degree view still remains intact so whether the dollar would really peak out at initially i thought you know 90 then it became 91.8 or so and then you went past that it became 94 and people start asking oh, what if it goes to you know something else so uh, you have these levels in mind and uh, not going past an important level really worked it happened even in in feb you would hit that high and then you started to sell off it formed a leading diagonal in my view we saw an 88.6% retracement into the high that we made yesterday and then sold off from there uh, usually after leading diagonals i don't expect more than a 38% retracement but that doesn't mean it's a second wave of some degree so it doesn't mean you can't get a deep retracement and you did so that doesn't really change your view unless you surpass the absolute high which was at almost 9160 is i think the level i put out and then people were asking well, well what about what happens above that well question is what if it doesn't get crossed you know if it gets crossed the first uh, i mean if you are on the sell side of the trade the first thing is you get out and then you reassess now would it really change my larger degree trend view not really not so fast and if you're you know got to change something you've got to break break levels even on a monthly time frame so sometimes you can get intra month moves that don't go beyond the monthly level and uh, so a lot of things to weigh when you're countering your larger degree view and if if something goes wrong shorter term you risk manage and keep in mind the bigger picture view because that's what is really going to drive your decisions from there on you know so which side of the trade you're going to take i'm never going to be long the dollar when you're in a largish bear market for the dollar so that's to put it simply so if it's a bear market it's going to be short exit short exit short exit and not that i trade the dollar so often because long the dollar buying usdnr made actually sense for me but uh, shorting usdnr during a bull run because the weak dollar is bullish ems and commodities then i'd rather be long what is going to go up in price than try to short the dollar so for me the dollar is essentially where i take my view where i have my bias but uh, when i look uh, when when the positioning is there uh, right now i see great opportunity in individual stocks in in uh, commodities and uh, their interplay uh, with equities and so 
that's where the money really is rather than being short the dollar in a long dollar environment being long currencies like and being short on your own currency like the INR or other emerging market currencies probably would have made uh, decent sense along with any other short position you had in equities so that's uh, the thinking and so when i look at the dollar that's what i'm thinking every time it goes beyond a certain point uh, where where is it going to stop next you know it it doesn't change my big picture view because that's already set its course and unless it completes what we call a five wave move at a higher degree of time uh, we would not call that bear market in the dollar as over and everything uh, in between would simply be a bounce so what happens when the dollar starts falling you know and one of the side effects is well if the dollar is falling then that has a direct negative impact on us assets because if you're a foreign investor it's similar to well if you are a foreign investor in india and the inr falls would you want to own indian stocks because the inr is cutting on your returns unless you think your returns are going to be higher than the loss you'll make in the currency so people who don't take currency risk would reduce their exposure so similarly exposures to us equities go down and emerging markets go up so that drives the first shift away from uh, us assets towards other assets and the same can also happen in bonds so you have uh, apart from the risk parity trade where funds exit bonds just to buy stocks even foreign investors would like to lower their ownership of bonds in favor of foreign stocks and commodities because they would want to own less of the bonds that are you know losing value in the in uh, dollar terms because of the decline in the currency so that causes your bond prices to fall that's the second reason apart from the risk parity trade and so that pushes up bond yields and then you get what we got last week as a bond scare now can a bond scare really get big the 1987 sell off was a bond scare bond prices were falling for several months and then in the last stage both equities and bonds sold off and equities saw the biggest cut that they seen in probably years we'd never seen a lower circuit being hit and for couple of days consecutively so the 1987 us crash is often remembered for that but a lot depends on what the positioning is i don't have data to say what the positioning was prior to the 1987 crash in terms of longs in the futures options or other leveraged markets for the us but we clearly have that data in terms of the cftc open positions which i published on social media today put it out on the long shot update on the website more, almost uh, more than a week back and what that was showing is that the snp futures were still short on a net basis uh, based on the cot report and if that's true of course it wasn't the extreme level that we'd seen in march but still uh, it's not extreme long which means uh, the amount of longs you had to liquidate because of the bond market scare was not really out of whack which would cause a major disruption or a major crash from a positioning point of view where leverage trades had to unwind out of fear of a bond uh, market sell off that's one part and the other part which i heard and uh, you have to keep listening and reading to pay attention to is that over the weekend and some of you may know but or most might not know that the australian uh, central bank actually doubled its bond buying program you know so that was another event that has a positive rub off especially because australian uh, bond markets also in the bond space globally and apart from that it's a major commodity producer so that eased pressures for their bond bond markets and generally on monday we got a big rebound in many other markets as well in expectation that central banks still have your back as far as the bond market is concerned and uh, and of course the us bond itself uh, and i wrote that on friday the rsi dropped to 15 or so which is uh, the first time since 2016 and so it had become very oversold it was due for a bounce which we got and so moment the bond prices bounced bond yields went down uh, you got the australian 
central bank action and all of that pushed us equities sharply higher on monday uh, and the second thing then then that happened yesterday is the dollar which was rising then sold off from the almost 88% retracement mark and we would want that to hold now and as long as it doesn't go beyond that we should be back into the dollar bearish camp and what you should also keep watching out for is see you know what the falling dollar has a direct impact on on a positive basis which is either emerging markets or else commodity prices and over the last week despite all these dollar or even in in february all the dollar bounces that you got were not only faded but led to higher highs in commodity prices or or metal stocks and so that's a clear sign of the market saying that we don't care we know what the big trend is and uh, these small bounces are only only bounces along the way so the market knows that traders are busy debating it online and on social media but eventually the market proves uh, itself to be right so that's another way of thinking about it uh, look at which are the factors is it having so if the dollar was really turning from you know bearish to bullish is it having that kind of impact on various markets already or are you sim- simply you know jumping up and down and you know screaming on the roof uh, without enough evidence really of something having changed and the time i would do that and i would preempt is only when my wave structure is complete because if i am taking this as a bear market i and in wave c of a bear market i would want five waves down to be complete for the dollar bear market to be done and that has not yet happened and another angle to the whole deflation inflation uh, story uh, as prices edge up and you know i have my brother who talks uh, looks at the uh, coffee market and you actually got coffee prices in the you know jumping up which is why coffee stocks also got a lot of interest uh, in the last week uh, and as coffee prices went up the real reason was not that you know you had a shortage of supply a shortage of crop you know there's there's enough coffee that is being produced the supply side shortage is really coming because there are no tankers to load it up and send it out and this is a, a new problem uh, uh, the supply side shocks that you probably hear about that is driving up commodity prices is a true story while the demand side is still busy turning around why have these markets moved ahead of themselves and partly has to do the way the supply thing is happening you know some places because uh, you haven't you know opened up completely or people haven't gotten back to work is that the reason but this container one is a really peculiar one is there so much demand for you know imported goods going on that they have taken up all the space in the containers and then uh, and so there's a fight really for container space you know remember a year back there was so much container space because of oversupply that all the containers were full of oil now uh, you have a situation where that oil inventories are you know cooled off because they do jump around from time to time but they are not probably consuming all the containers around the world and uh, oil prices have significantly recovered after that once you know you, they've done the oil output cuts uh, and those output cuts have probably helped create that supply side situation where you know you don't have an oversupply uh, but on the other side because of online demand online shopping and lot of trade still happening in products that are uh, outside what we really thought would be the kicker are actually eating up all the container space and not leaving enough for other things so you have to really compete for it and if if there's uh, you know and that's creating shortages in some of the commodities that have to move around and so so how long will that also go on it's another question takes time for you know more capacities and everything to go online and on stream and by that point of time uh, the impact of all the new spending that the government is going to be doing both in india and around the world uh, on the fiscal side Uh, will also drive up some demand and try to normalize demand if not take it to a you know higher 
plateau which is what they really intend to do because i don't think the intentions are simply to bring us back to par of at where we were more than a year ago the intention is to take us beyond that uh, which is uh, and fiscal uh, policy or fiscal spending is the way to get around it when nothing else is working and it's been a long pending uh, demand that is now being that is now being fed into and so that will create uh, another round of demand uh, going forward once the supply side uh, arguments fade you will get real demand coming in from uh, the spending so i think uh, all of those put together uh, will you know hold us up for a while as far as the uh, liquidity based or sentiment based uh, bull run that we are seeing in equities is going on and i think the only weak space uh, from the dollar bear market which has been the surprise but not completely a surprise if you look at the argument against it is the fallen uh, gold prices and the failure of silver to really catch up with the base metals that have done so well because both copper and aluminum are making new highs then what is silver really doing lagging behind there except that it's trying to stay in sympathy with gold prices gold prices have been knocked off because real interest rates actually moved up so what gold really likes apart from a falling dollar is that real interest rates don't really go up too much and the slight slight bump up that you got because of rising yields and inflation data is actually lagging so initially inflation data was probably leading and then bond yields picked up uh, and most sharp move in bond yields came in the last two months Uh, and so that pickup suddenly pushed up real rates and now if you can stabilize the bond market from what is an extremely oversold zone into even a trading range and allow uh, inflation to catch up a bit then probably real interest rates cool off and gold gets a bit again uh, there's also the seasonal pattern i mean uh, i thought the seasonal pattern which has worked for the last 5 6 years is gold goes up between you know december and march but sometimes and uh, you know once out of those 7 8 times it does the opposite which is what we ended up getting this year and so i was not anticipating that we would probably fall into the month of march but now what i'll anticipate is again the opposite that if you instead of a top you're getting a bottom in march then uh, probably this is the bottom rather than what you got in january uh, and it doesn't change my long term view uh, on the precious metal so only question of where does it you know bottom out and pick up again uh, but more importantly i'd focus now more and more on silver because it has to catch up with the base metals moment you see some stability in the gold space i think silver will probably be waiting to take off on the upside which is why uh, i would focus more on silver mining stocks in the us which uh, i think are grabbing my attention as well in short we remain good to go the inflation reflation trade continues to be on the table there's nothing that has happened so far to change the long term view on the dollar and the usdnr is selling off from the 61.8% retracement mark and i've written a note on that as to what it may be doing medium to long term today and uh, you know just uh, around half an hour back and posted it online so all of that there and i think we should be coming up with the long shot report sooner than later i like to wait for those uh, signals that you know alternate views and ideas i have to just pay heed to it you know uh, we are on the right side of the trade lastly for all those asking about the mentorship program we are slowly but surely moving towards a potential deadline by the end of this month to get it online and moving and uh, so look forward to doing that as well so that's all from me for this week thank you nothing in this podcast is investment advice views on financial markets are in good faith to expand your understanding of how markets work please consult a registered financial advisor for the same and yes please share this podcast with everyone you think can benefit from this knowledge